God, I don't know. Welcome to the special episode of Flat Chat Valorant, I guess. Uh, a little interview series that we're going to be doing on a weekly basis. Our first guest is joining us. Thank you very much. Dapper is, uh, is in the call. So we got Dapper joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing too bad myself. I mean, I'll ignore the fact that we've been actually having a discussion and talking for about 30 minutes before this. <laughs> and we'll pretend like we just jumped in the call together. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, we, we figured we'd do a little interview series on the Platchart Valorant channel now. Probably going to be weekly, depending on how many guests we can get. And when I say guests we can get, I mean the guests that Josh gets, because you're the only one who actually puts in any legwork to find the guests in there the first go. place. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I talk to other human beings yeah. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally. Um, but yeah, we, we figured we'd start off with, with you, Dapper, as well. And I, I guess it's just to get a nice little in-depth look, I guess, at the the current topics that are surrounding the scene and, and getting your uh, POV on it. And it's not just going to be pro players in the future. It'll be anyone who wants to come on, basically. Coaches. And I mean, don't say that. Fucking hell, we'll have everyone on. <laughs> <laughs> just the absolute filth yeah. of humanity will be crawling their way onto here. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to... We'll start, with a, we'll start with a nice and easy one. Yoru, Yoru, Yoru... How the fuck do you say this? Well, actually, I don't even want to start with him, though, because there was a yeah. bunch of news. So to, to pull the... To peek behind the curtain, or the blinds for uh -huh. a second. We we just recorded the Platchat Valorant episode on Monday, like the one that yeah. aired two days ago, and we missed a bunch of news that just came out. It came out at the same time. I mean, immediately. After. So you want to talk about the um, the Heck episode yeah. details? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's, let's I want to get Dapper's thoughts on that kind of stuff as well. Okay, yeah. so some of the details listed are I don't actually have them. I, I'm, <laughs> I've got them. I've got them. Don't worry, we're scrambling on the fly here. So the. The first thing was, there was the rank changes. So they're actually listing top 500 in the game. And it's, yeah. going, it's going, in fact, it'll already be live by the time this, this premieres. And it's going to be updated in real time. Mm -hmm. It's like an actual top 500 leaderboard, the kind of stuff that people have been asking for for ages. I mean, that, that must be one of the most sought after changes that all of the pros have been looking for, right, Dapper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like at Radiant, you literally have nothing to play for. Uh, it just makes it like really tough to just like grind away ranked and like get nothing for it So like having a leaderboard and trying to get for like number one or like I guess top 10 would be good Because like you just want everybody if they look at the leaderboard to see your name, right? That's what like everybody wants So uh, to have something like that to play for and everybody has like a reason to even try is definitely yeah. good And it'll make like the it'll make the ranked more competitive which will make like everybody better in my opinion If everybody yeah. tries all the time you want to get your name up there with the likes of Tens and Doink Machine. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah the, really. the heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, right up there at the top. And yeah. that's going to be the entirety of Radiant. So Radiant is now yeah. going to be locked to 500 yeah. as well. I don't know how it worked in the past. I think yeah. it was, there was an ELO system. Yeah. Yeah, if you get, if you got a, I, actually the system was fucking confusing. Well, well yeah. I think you had to, didn't you have to win against Someone in Radiant as well. I don't know. There was some. There was all of these like rumors know. about how you had to knock someone out of Radiant to get into Radiant, <laughs> yeah, which literally is how think, it's going to work now. But I think that was a myth. Yeah. I remember when when Radiant first came out. It's like it's only top two hundred, and you have to wait for someone to get knocked down to get up because people were going on like I think even Sinatra had like a fourteen game win streak in Immortal Three, and he never like got yeah. Radiant. So people just like made their own little conspiracies on why that was. But I don't. Okay. I don't think that's true. To be honest. I, yeah. Also, I think they probably... I think the stealth shifted to this system more recently. 
Because you know the ELO tracker that people were using on stream? Mm -hmm. That that was already yeah. using the exact same system that they are now releasing publicly. It's just oh, okay. more... Um, so like, it's, when, it's more transparent. Right, but I yeah. don't think it's just transparency. I think they changed it like stealthily a, a few months back or something. They did a rank shift. Yeah. But it only really affected um They dragged below people diamond. out of iron, right? Yeah, they, 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 they kind of shifted the rank distribution so the lower rank players would be more spread out from... Yeah iron to platinum yeah it's like um it's like when you have a, a river and all the the heavy metals sink to the bottom and they just stay there and they can't move anymore because they're just stuck in the sludge so they, they basically came in and they just <laughs> splashed the water around a little bit so the little iron pellets can float up further and further towards oh, the top yeah is it yeah it's, it's oh, okay. very classic physics anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> Anyway, what, what's the next change here? So I'm curious what you think about this one, Dapper, this next change. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Immortal and Radiance can now only solo or duo queue. This is something that some people were clamoring for. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally hit this popcorn thing and it rings like a ceramic bell. So I, I was just, I had my phone out and I just fucking Fuck you know, I clanged it by accident. And it sounded like I was trying to have a speech or something, but I, just, I didn't mean to interrupt. Call I'm sorry. Call upon the townspeople. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> so yeah, the, the immortal and radiant rank, this is what some people were clamoring for, at least I think, in, yeah, in the higher ranks. people. Yeah. Um, What's your opinion on this? What's your take on this? Uh, I think it'll make it'll literally force people to like communicate if they want to win uh, yeah. instead of just like five stacking with their friends. Uh, if they want to do that, they just play unrated or yeah, un unranked or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it'll make it way more competitive. I think these are all the right changes. They uh, they kind of teased it, and we've been waiting for it because like I started going to ten mans and stuff, and like I've been trying to like coordinate ten mans because like ranked is just really boring. You know, you literally mm -hmm. have nothing to play for. So, like, with all both of these changes, the leaderboard and solo duo, so it's like you can't just, like, you're not soloing, and then you've been waiting for 30 minutes, and you get stacked up against a five stack of other pros, and it's just like, the game's already lost, you know? Like, you're not going to win with, like, random people, and you're versing a 5Q. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely, like, make it way better, enjoyable think, experience. Will it actually make the queues quicker as well to pop? Because if everyone's solo duo queuing, in theory, it should be easier to like yeah. put I mean, people it together should, because right? I think I before think so. you had these long queues, right, with people five yeah. stacking. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I mean, five stacks should be the quickest to be able to make because it literally then you only have to make another team well, to go up against them. But you have to try and match their elo because um, it averages out their elo probably, and it tries to match you against, and it's like spends years trying to find because it's so limited. Yeah. Trust me, I, saw, I know a lot about I saw, matchmaking. I saw David P in a queue for eight hours just waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. he because he's literally. yeah. I was going to say, just last night, I tried a 3Q with Sick and Shazam, and we're in, just a 3Q, it was 40 minutes. I just quit. I was like, I don't want to wait. It was only yeah. a 3Q. You yeah. know, it's just tough to get games. I think I think Solo Duo will make it way more easier, especially since now people in Radiant, because everybody used to smurf. I mean, even now, like before the leaderboard, people are just smurfing. They don't want to wait mm -hmm. for all these long queues. Now that they have a reason to play, there's all they're going to play on their mains. There's just going to be way more people playing at that rank. So the games will go quicker, I think. At least yeah. at, at the start. I kind yeah. of, yeah. I, it's, uh, people are going to look back fondly on this area of smurfing a little bit, though, I think. I, and I know that that's a hot take, but hear me out. Okay. Some, pe some people in my chat, were, they're, they're diamond, they're around the same rank as me. They played uh, a game with Hiko 
when Hiko was on a Smurf in Diamond, and they said it was one of the most fun experiences of their life getting baited like the rest of 100 Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> they lost that game, but, <laughs> but they said they said it was a lot of fun. You know, it was like it was the, they had a they had a brush a brush with greatness. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. the, the, it was like the gods reaching down from Mount Olympus to mess with the mortal man. <laughs> and now they're, you know, now they're back up in their, in their, their high castles. So sure. Overall, yeah. though, I think it's pretty positive changes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, just so, it's so good for the ecosystem, right? Yeah. Just players to actually be able to get their name out there if you can mm -hmm. get a high rank and noticed by teams. Mm -hmm. The thing that I'm worried about with it is I'm worried about Dapper's mental state solo queuing all the time because <laughs> as much as as much as you said it'll force people to communicate with each other, I think about the only thing that could actually force people to communicate and play like proper teammates is if the Riot admins ventriloquist dummied their way <laughs> up the fucking asses of players and started controlling them. Because otherwise, there's no system in the world that can force people to be good teammates. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've yeah, played with yeah. some absolute troglodytes <laughs> in, in ranked, and I mean, it's yeah. You encounter some people who, for, 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 I mean, for whatever reason, they just take ranked gameplay as a substitute for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> they take it out on me. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Just the, yeah. the people who come in there, and you just know that someone shat in their cereal that day. <laughs> they are just fucking mean. Taking yeah. out all their problems on you. Yeah, or just like in yeah. the game in general. Like, they're just horrible people. Um, I, wonder if, I wonder if there is a way for them to monitor uh, like how much individuals are speaking at higher ranks, and if Big Brother Riot can just come <laughs> down and, and like eventually derank for not communicating enough. Can you imagine saying? how people would get around that? You'd be playing a game, not really coming at all. You get to the end and just hold your mic down and go. It's for the final two rounds. You just speak gibberish to try and make sure you hit the quota. Two minutes of quota. <laughs> yeah. oh, hmm. Let's workshop that idea a bit. Maybe don't implement it immediately. Yeah. Uh, some additional Gross. changes that are being implemented as well is that they're making it more transparent so you can see your ELO. Um, so they're getting rid of the arrow mm -hmm. systems and you actually see Thank the you. see the number now. Yeah. Like the um the API plugin. Yeah. You could yeah. see what they were going for with the Dorito, but that one was a bit lost on me. The yeah. Dorito. My little brain couldn't handle that. Well, yeah, the, the, the up arrows. The, the little yeah, the little, yeah, the arrows and all that. Yeah, it was, just, it was a little too much. Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, hopefully, anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assume that people will stop being dumb. But the amount of, the amount of Reddit threads I have seen that are like, how did this happen? I got a triple down arrow, even though I performed better than this person that got a double down arrow. I'm like. Shut up. <laughs> the People ask accurate. me in my streams, like, why did that, do you get down arrows like me? Like, this doesn't make sense. I was like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like, they just complain, they complain to anybody who, who they <laughs> Trying to peddle their complaints to whoever will listen. <laughs> yeah, it's why, I mean, hopefully the, the extra transparency is only a good thing though. It, it can only be positive for people's perception as well. Yeah. Because yeah. if you understand exactly, okay, you can still be like, how the fuck did I lose 40, what do they even call it? MMR or something? ELO. 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 Yeah. Right. Same yeah, thing. I lost 40 ELO when someone else only lost 35. There's still going to be complaints like that. But at least you have an understanding of how the system works. Sure. Yeah. You don't feel like yeah, it's hidden behind sense. some bullshit arrow fuckery. I mean, people are still dumb. They're still oh, going to yeah. complain about the, the ELO system. Yes. That could like, be the title. 
Yeah. Well, I don't think the ELO <laughs> system is going to be perfect either, but I think this is a good step in the right sure. direction. Sure. Right? Like, it's 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 definitely better. Yeah. The, I think it's better on all accounts. All these ranked. Yeah. There's also straight up improvements. The um, you need to the the way it works is like it's zero to a hundred. So you, you get to a hundred, you immediately rank up. But if you mm -hmm. get to zero, you have to lose another game to derank. So when you when you get promoted, um, you have to lose two games to get demoted again. Which, like, you have to lose two games in order to get demoted again. Uh, you know, you can't just lose one big game. You and literally have to out. lose. It's two. Yeah. Okay. You have to lose two. So, so that it seems like they're making it pretty easy to just inflate the ranks. But what do I know? Because if it's harder to lose your, your ranks, and apparently I also read that you can only lose a maximum of 30 rating, whereas you can win up to 50. Yes. It's like hmm. quite top heavy. I feel like it's gonna, they're going to have the same problem that CS had back in like 2014, 2015, where, where people just, uh, just accumulated ranks, basically. By basically going like 50% the entire time. Yeah. So you end up they just floated up upwards. Like I don't know. Yeah. For office but, but, but the number actually might not be what <laughs> your MMR <laughs> is. Yeah, mate, Dapper, have you heard about this? This guy is, he's complaining about it. He's literally the fucking problem. <laughs> Brandon queued solo for office only. For years. For years. He had, he had like set <laughs> smokes and pop flashes for office. It was, it was and he's like five queuing it with the rest of his stack. He used body shields and shit. I'll tell it wasn't office it was uh it was the fucking it was the it was operation breakout the map workout <laughs> it wasn't even office that's it even like, worse that's worse yeah bro it was the like no map. one was doing it it was a hostage map we had like individual call outs for like there was like a basketball gym we call it lebron and we, <laughs> it was like we had like proper data because there it is is the map Yo, i'm telling you this map this map was actually sick there was like a little jump scout spot here i'm telling you i i fucking you... i got to, yeah i got the global elite on this map alone <laughs> imagine that, like that being in the game map. huh did anybody play gears of war like gears of war 4 there's a map just like this i forget wait really Oh man, mm -hmm. I never played it. Brent, stadium. It might just be called Stadium. Like, Brent's about really to become a Giz War pro. <laughs> only playing Stadium. <laughs> you are literally the problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was doing this when I was like 15. I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. We'll just stack it. Because mm. the rank was important to me back then. It's Mate, there's pro players in Valorant who are 15. That's <laughs> true, actually, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like that could be a risk, but also... Uh, the ELO that they show might be different to the actual MMR. They might have two different systems, like a hidden actual rating. I don't think... That, well, maybe they do, but they I don't haven't said that. Yeah. Well, uh, what what do you think about the idea of running 10-man's Dapper? Do you think that eventually, like, some kind of 10-man system or, like, a FPL, but for Valorant, is going to be a necessary or natural thing that supersedes the ranked experience? At least for pro players. Uh, I think maybe there, there's inherent problems with everything. I think Riot shut it down very early. Uh, I don't think it, there will ever be an FPL uh, for Valorant. Like, I, I think they forbid, like, money prizes. Sure. The, uh, what was it? Pittsburgh, there, there's a 10-man system. It, uh, tier 1 pros didn't really play it, but it was more Tier 2. Uh, the name's escaping me, but my uh, friend SFX ran it, and they shut it down. They, they banned it, and now you can't do it. And now there's, like, 10-mans are just for fun. Uh, it definitely like leads to like a better experience because it's like a a captain captain system. So like the teams yeah. are always going to be like somewhat fair. But uh, yeah, there's problems with it where like people just want to play with their friends, and like when you play with their friends, it becomes like a trolley atmosphere. But right. you know, if everybody wants to stay competitive and like make it a good experience and like kind of treat it like practice 
and you know maybe experiment try new stuff and communicate with pushes and stuff it would be good but to be honest i've never seen it last in anything usually na is just kind of bad at like being serious for <laughs> longer than two weeks that's honestly <laughs> i've never seen it uh i think europe is actually better than that actually that's one of my main reasons why i think europe eventually will might pass us is because i think they just have like a stronger mental with stuff like that you know they just take the game more serious dead ass like i actually yeah. think that's literally the only reason that europe consistently gets better is because na is like like fleas almost where like they can't really focus on being serious for a long time that's squirrel it. kin <laughs> just yeah. distracted at all times that's it yeah that's interesting i mean yeah. says the king of claws <laughs> that yeah, was just yeah. dicking around in the <laughs> very, very game. ironic coming from me. But. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, Self-reflective enough to recognize his own flaws, and yet he decides it's not irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the additional changes that are apparently coming in as well are rank rewards. Um, so you're going to be getting rewarded for presumably hitting oh, a certain really? rank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, it, is this something that appeals to you, Dapper? Are you a skin guy? Would you, if yeah, you got like uh, a... I'm a big fan. I actually said I actually said this to the dev team. Uh, I'm just gonna take the. I think I made this change happen for the team, so you guys can thank me. Uh, I play. I came from league, so there's uh championship skins. And I think they still do it. Where like if you're above gold, you get it, and like if you're plat or uh, diamond or master or challenger, you get like chromas. Uh, I think they might introduce chromas. You know, like different. Well, they do. They do. They have different color textures. Yeah, you know, yeah. like when you. So uh, you, it'll probably be like that. It'll literally, I think that's probably what it's going to be. It's going to be like a champ, championship skin, probably not name that. And then depending, like gold or above, and then like depending what you are, you'll get like the different color scheme. Hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I like a, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah I, got I, like like a, well. I got like a tiny part of my brain. I've also got a tiny brain, but it's, it's like a crow. <laughs> I just like to collect skins. I, I, although to be fair, I haven't bought a skin in a while, but uh, I'm a, if I see... That as a reward, it makes me want to push for a higher rank. I don't know why yeah, it yeah. just does. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same thing when I was playing Magic the Gathering a lot. I, I, know that that's, I know that's really weird. MTG but Arena? Like, yeah, Jeez. when I was playing a, I was playing a bunch of MTG Arena and I really wanted to get to a higher rank because if you finish the season on a higher rank, you get more cards. Yeah, you get more stuff. So I yeah. cycled his way into Mythic. Yeah. Actually <laughs> cycling Zenith Flare player. Yeah, you actually get to Mythic with yeah, Zenith I got to Mythic just with, yeah, just with, well, I was playing some other stuff in order to break the monotony, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I was well, just basically winning from cycle decks. Actually disgusting. As long as you weren't a uh, counter, what was it called? Counter the green-blue flash, where like you just counter everything and then flash it at the end with the wolf. I forget what it's uh, called. What? I've no, never that's played what, against that. That's Kurt has. Kurt oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That, no. is, that is virginity. decks. Virginity nope. at its finest, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Just roasting our producer. <laughs> he knows it. That's the thing. Like, if you, you know it. So I bought like, it. Okay. Really I bought it pre-made. I haven't touched it since. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good. I'm stringing a white coat as well. <laughs> yeah. He actually just threw 16 on him. <laughs> Get out. Uh, what else is in this list? So apparently the plans are 2021 as well. They're combating uh, AFK and smurfing more. I think this is more of a problem at lower ranks than it is to at higher ranks. Like, I mean, at higher ranks, a smurf is just an alternate account. Um, yeah. yeah, and I've and never had an AFK. Like yeah, ever. I've never, I've never had an AFK in diamonds. I, I've had people that accidentally. Oh, I've had people that tilt an AFK. 
Really? Remember that yeah. one time we were playing I a haven't. game? I remember a guy was so disappointed in his play that he disconnected for two rounds and then came back and he's like, sorry guys, I just needed a moment. Get some fresh air. Yeah, no, I don't remember I that. Not, sorry. <laughs> We it's lost insane. that game like in overtime as well. <laughs> like if he just stayed, even though he's playing like shite, we would have won. He just left. God, that's amazing. Joke about that, but the tilt walks do work. When I was when I was when I was going hard in Valorant like uh, three months ago, sometimes I'd have a string of games and be like, "Fuck, I just got to take a walk around the block." And it'd be like one in the morning, I'd be fucking speed walking like a like a fucking Karen, just going around the block trying to work off the pent of aggression. What do you do to work off the tilt dapper? What's the what's the pro move for that? Uh, I mean, honestly, I've been tilted hard, even in like hard fought BO3s where I think we should have won a map and we lost it. I'm just like a little upset either at myself or like something didn't go our way and we just got unfortunate. Uh, usually, yeah, I just I, I'm like the kind of person that like I'll be like, all right, guys, don't worry about it. Even though, like, I'm, like, kind of worried about it, I'll be like, guys, don't worry about it. Like, we'll get the next one. And, like, telling them and, like, trying to, like, tell them not to worry kind of like eases me it's like yeah, yeah, almost yeah. like fixing other people like eases me you know even if i don't necessarily believe what i'm saying in the moment yeah a lot of teams need that honestly and a lot of teams lack that like just somebody to take the wheel almost when shit gets rough because otherwise i mean i don't know you've probably been part of teams where shit just goes south real quick and then you're, you're down one zero in a, in a best of three and no one is picking up the mantle. Everyone's quiet for some reason. The comms aren't the same. It's not the same environment and you can just feel it just slipping away. Yeah. I have heard so mm -hmm. many horror stories of just teams where you've got nobody really stepping up in that moment to just try and rectify yourself. You know what, you know? You know what the worst case scenario is as well? I used to play on teams with like giga nerds who would just get whiny and quiet. Yeah. And then one of them would realize that it was getting really quiet. And so they'd be like, oh fuck, I gotta say something. Don't worry guys, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> The most disingenuous thing you can ever say in the situation. It's the least it's like, genuine guys, thing in the world. And you're sat there and you're like, well, I was a little bit annoyed before. Now I'm fucking tilted. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good thing though. What is next? Why else are they doing it? There's a bunch of stuff that they said they're going to work on as well. So okay. they said they were likely going to release a new map before episode three. Now episode three should be coming out in like summer, I think. Okay. Like six months for each episode, something yeah. like that. So five months to make Icebox better. Yeah. 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 And then uh, they said they're targeting a seven map pool before 2022. So basically two maps coming out this year. This year. Is okay. the idea. New the balance goal. update for Split as well in a month or two. Well, what's your general opinion then, Dapper, on the state of the map balance at the moment? Like, I think Icebox is just across the board negative for a lot of teams. The new changes, what, what do you make of that? Is that like a step in the right direction, presumably? Well, what changes are you talking about? The, the ice like changes, changes when they, yeah, to the verticality and, uh, and whatnot. But also, I'm surprised as well that they've listed, I guess it's kind of two questions in one. We, should, we can take it in mm -hmm. one step at a time by, mm -hmm. by talking about Icebox first. Like, do, do you feel like this map is, is getting in a good spot right now? Or do they need to make additional changes? Like, what, what's your opinion on it? Uh, I think mid needs to be adjusted. Uh, I'm not like... I'm not the most creative person. I, I could understand, like, I don't like, I'm kind of like a monkey brain when it comes to like mapping characters. I'm just like, this is not good. And I can't really tell you like how to fix it, but I'll tell you like mid problem. And it's like, there you go. Like now you know, so like I'll, I'll send it to like you guys, but like mid, like it's impossible to split. Like the, the, 
usually what happens and like the meta in my opinion is like you hit a site with like four or five people and you have one person that like lurks mid one round so they have to respect the mid lurk and then you don't do it again and mm -hmm. because mid is just too impossible like to split a from mid uh on icebox you have to literally go into their spawn yeah yeah you know it's like yeah. it, it's really tough same with b that there's a million angles a is a little clustered for my liking but like at the end of the day even like what it is now uh i think if they just adjusted mid slowly and just kind of did like little incremental changes and see where we end up kind of like what they did on split because split was kind of the same as icebox i don't know if you remember like everybody hated split mid yeah you know I mean, and then split they kind of changed like the stairs yeah. and and stuff and then now it's like i think split's pretty even i think it's 50 50 like it's like 60 40 defender you know like seven cool. five halves eight four maybe like not even i feel like it's kind of even that's a weird so. thing about split too is that some regions it was becoming attack insided as well like the european yeah, teams yeah. were playing with so much breach and they were just like overwhelming people with flashes when you were trying to hold the the b heaven areas so it ended up actually statistically being attackers sided in first strike which is so strange like the yeah, yeah i it's very weird. i actually don't think it's strange i actually I, I i said that i used to say it on my stream because a little earlier a couple of months ago when we we're like un, like i think we we're undefeated on split for a long time like a decent amount of time i'm, I'm calling i'm talking about like ancient history now it sure. seemed like forever ago but uh yeah when we we're like the number one team we owned on t side and yeah, it's yeah. just like it's really easy against teams on tt side that don't really know the rotations or like who's responsible for what when this gets taken and stuff like that uh it's really easy to like take either like b heaven or rope something mid or even like a ramp you know just take something from them and just sitting on it and this like abusing either the sound cues they give you or like how they rotate around or like they'll just push into you and they'll just kind of like throw away the round you know so it's stuff like that i think teams are genuinely just gotten better at like understanding how to retake stuff with like their utility so it's getting tougher and tougher i think it's just evolving yeah you know I, what i but really yeah. liked about the <clears throat> the sentinel split attack because i think at one point you guys were like clearly the best in the world at split was how you were so good at being able to take a ramp on your own and sick was able to just actually walk into b based off that pressure just with the wall and he was just he had the testicles large enough to just walk into oh, yeah. B based <laughs> on like a, the idea he that he knew the defenders were taken elsewhere. And it seemed like no one else was doing that at that time. Yeah, I think me and Hunter have very good... I mean, all of us, don't get me wrong, but it's just me and Hunter put into the roles mostly of uh, taking space where we understand that like... It's not just random, you know? It's, and nothing's ever like just... Unless it's like very desperate, but I don't remember a lot of times that we just get super desperate and just do a risky play. It's mostly like... This guy's here and he usually plays A, so just go A. And it's like, I'll just take the space A. And then, like, I'll, it's a calculated risk that, like, there's not going to be anybody at this position. Or, like, me and Jay work together a lot that we'll just take top ramp. And it's really successful yeah. even to this day that, like, we've been doing it forever. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just stuff that is really hard to counter. You have to be consistently, like, adjusting on split, to be honest. Like, really switching it up and understanding what to do and how to hold stuff together with whole different setups. I think it's actually one of the most, like, complicated maps with like how many different setups you have to do on ct side to actually have like a consistent half yeah i actually yeah. really like it i think it's a good map i, I like it. i actually it's my favorite map in competitive honestly really i think it's sense like a close but split is like one of the maps where it really separates like the men from the boys in terms of like teams you know you could consistently <laughs> yeah. see the adjustments of the good teams and like the bad teams will just fumble you know i honestly yeah. that's my opinion
explains why so. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like it. It requires coordination. It, does. it requires a lot. It, it yeah. requires the most comms. It really does. Yeah, I, I like to fucking int. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an inter. So, sorry, so there's supposed to be split changes? Did That's I, what yeah. they said, yeah. They, yeah. Apparently, they, they, they have a new balance update for split in a month or two. So they, they clearly feel like it needs additional changes on top. I mean, they must be seeing something in like the data in terms of it being still defenders sided. Yeah. They, they probably want to try and achieve some sort of parity. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't mind having maps where they are... One-sided on yeah, the other. Yeah, like kind of a little bit yeah. one-sided towards, towards one particular... I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I think that... I agree. I think it just pugs, like, you know, the, the casual. Yeah. yeah. People don't like to get 9-3'd and then lose a pistol and then they just give up. Yeah. Exactly. People just I give think, up. You know? I think if the average is like a 9-3, that's pretty bad. But if your average is 8-4 or 7-5, I think that's really doable. Like, yeah. I, I think that that's perfectly fine. I, I also think yeah. that from playing Icebox in ranked, at least at the level that I'm playing it at, it seems to be that kind of sided but attacker way right. where people are just flooding at you and it, it feels so very hard when wide. we play in ranked to, to defend at least on the A yeah. side as well. Actually, you just get yeah. totally overwhelmed unless you have... Crazy coordination. I feel like that's one of the major issues of Icebox is how wide it is, which is a weird term to use for a map. But in terms of the way it's designed and you think about like the rotation timings, like if somebody is hard anchoring B and then a team hits A. Oh yeah, like, it's a, it's they a Lord of the Rings-esque trek. Yeah, they, they have to run a marathon to get to, to get to the other side and there's like no guarantee to you that, that, that he's going to have... Uh, his teammates still on the site to, to try and defend. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one of the major problems with, with Icebox, in my opinion. But it's interesting that they, they're adjusting split first. So How do you feel about yeah. the verticality on Icebox, Zapper? Like, is, that, is it annoying to play on the A site with, with that level of it, or is it not really a problem? Yeah, uh, well, on CT side, I don't really... Uh, I'm like a Betty B guy. I go A some rounds, but like, I don't really fight. You know, like the, the heaven angle, you know, like the ramp. Uh, so I don't really have that heavy opinion. I know on T side when you go top ramp, like I think the most frustrating thing for me is that when you peek something, they could there's like four different angles at one point that you're gonna peek into, and it's like it's literally like it becomes a gamble. And I don't like you know yeah. playing a game where like if I preem you, I'll kill you, but like it's a one in three or one in four chance I'm gonna preem your spot. You know, it kind of becomes like a weird th yeah this this fight. When you peek this, they could be on top of the boxes, on top of that thing, lower that backside top thing. And it's like, yeah. it, it's really tough. Yeah. It's like, it's lame to me. I actually, That's the only thing I don't like. I, I used to hate playing Icebox because I can't aim. And so, <laughs> so I only managed to get kills in Valorant by pre-aiming positions properly. You know, like having a somewhat decent crosshair placement. If you ask me to actually do an aim challenge, oh, I'm going to lose terribly. <laughs> so, so Icebox with its myriad different places that you have to be potentially putting your crosshair, I just struggled on so much until I realized I just run at people and then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. it becomes easier, at least at this rank. It yeah. seems like as well at the pro level, if you play with, play with a lot more pace, um, it seems to go a lot better on attack. Like the faster you play when you actually hit the site, the, the yeah. better you're able to like sweep through and, and clear this, the areas. Exactly. That's why we ran Sky is literally for like pretty much the angle I talked about is we throw a flash to clear all those billion angles and we wolf and I molly and you know, just like you can see it right now. I molly two angles, we flash, we raise Bob, we wolf, 
we flash again. It's like, you know, so it makes it. <laughs> that is so unfortunate. It, it the the panic easier, mouse two so. hit. He's just aiming down sight. What, it makes it way easier. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Icebox though, generally, because you guys were bigging up your Icebox game. Was, you, you know, like before First Strike, you guys were giving it the talk about how, how good you were on Icebox. I remember actually the Immortals coach as well tweeting that you guys were sick on Icebox as well. And it ended up yeah, being like a pretty I, crucial I, pick for you whenever you're playing against 100 Thieves. Was that, was that just talking the talk, like putting, putting the gas into people? Or did you actually feel mega confident about Icebox coming in? Well, I don't know how to say this without sounding just like a cunt. So I'm just going to say <laughs> it how I think. But we honestly, I don't remember the last time we like consistently, we never consistently lose scrims. I think since like I joined this team, we've always either won, like sing, like just ran over teams in scrims or uh, at least been competitive. We never get, uh, never get ran over in scrims. So like when we first played Icebox, we like pretty much every team, we don't scrim the very tier one teams. Uh, cool. There's a tournament coming up. Like it's very rare. So we kind of play like, I don't really want to say, but you know, teams that aren't necessarily tier one and we will literally have like 11 round half consistently. And it's like, when you have that, it's kind of hard to be like, not confident in cool. your mm -hmm. in your play so it's like but at the end of the day you have to play matches to get tested on it uh every match we had in 100 thieves i think they went ot i might be capping i remember uh first strike it went ot and we lost and if we won that we would have won the first strike semis yeah yeah so, yeah and then yeah. in the jbl you actually won the final map on icebox i think yeah yeah so I don't know. It's not necessarily that we're like super. It's probably one of our worst maps. So I'm being honest, but it's more like uh, teams aren't necessarily putting in as much effort. Maybe like right, right. There's there's five maps. They have to learn maps. We kind of mastered not necessarily mastered. Still stuff to learn, but like we're confident on our other four maps. So like we could allocate more time towards Icebox, but other teams might have to practice their ascent, for instance. You know. Hmm. So it's just like one of those things. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we can move this conversation talking about uh, the new the new agent, you, yeah. um, as well, yeah. because we kind of talked about it on Monday because this is coming out on Wednesday, so we did talk about it a little bit. But curious, what your thoughts are on uh, on this agent as well, Dapper? Because it seems like he's going to be, I I think honestly a mainstay in a lot of compositions by the looks of it. Just the fact that he has flashes and the amount of outplay potential, the amount of crazy shit you can do in terms of fucking up the idea of timings in people's heads uh, just built into one agent seems just ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with me on this on this as well, or like the general consensus in the pro scene. What, what seems to be everybody's take on it? Well, our take as a team, uh, this is an agent that I'm actually really excited about because this might be my flex. Uh, I might, okay. This seems Ooh. like more like a lurker type agent. So it's like, I can see myself playing this character instead of Cypher, maybe on a map that I'm not comfortable with. Or like, there's sometimes on Cypher that you just feel like you're really not getting any impacts. I don't know if any Cypher mains out there like kind of feel it, but like there's times where like teams might literally counter you like per se, that they kind of know exactly what you're doing. So you, you could pull this out and then, you know, just have like a bigger impact. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be really strong. Uh, I think we're not going to mess with him until we see what other teams are doing. Like, we'll probably be, like, one of the last teams to uh, do it just because uh, his skill skill ceiling seems really high. Or, like, cool. what's the word? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's he it, it seems like a hard uh, agent to master to, like, yeah, actually get his absolutely. full potential. Definitely. So it's, like, if teams want to 
go into him right away. It's almost like a sign of desperation, in my opinion. Okay. You know, it's like you almost need to change something like drastic. Because in my opinion, probably for like the next couple of like weeks or maybe in a month, like Phoenix would probably be way better and have way more impact than that guy. Like yeah. I, I guarantee the first events that this guy's being played, you're just going to see ints from the players. <laughs> like I guarantee it. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're just going to teleport in front of their team or like be the most obvious like footstep fakes or ult and you know exactly, you know, stuff like that mm -hmm. where probably in like a couple of months, he'll be like the best agent by far and he'll need nerfs, but you haven't figured him out yet. You know? That sounds to me like you guys are envisioning him as being the third duelist in a triple duelist comp. A bit like TSM, where they're not really, you know, they're, they're running the, um, the triple duelist, but without the Sentinel. So they don't have to, they, they're constantly having to kind of watch their backs. They don't have the information gathering on an attack. And, mm -hmm. But they are still able to kind of take the entire map. That seems to be how you're thinking about it. I hadn't really considered that at all. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Is that what you guys are thinking about when you see Europe? Yeah, uh, I we honestly haven't put much thought. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I think I think one player of every pro team gets invited. I think Zoms. I me and Shazam did Sky, mm. so I actually play tested Sky. Uh, mm. So I didn't do this this time around. Uh, I think Zoms did it, and I don't think he. I think he's on like vacation because I think they did over like the break that we were on. So right. I don't even think he touched it. So we don't. We haven't really gotten that much. Uh, in-depth look at him so maybe my opinion will change uh after this episode but i think he isn't going to be a part of our comp for a bit uh we'll probably mm. give it a break and just definitely to see what other people are doing with them uh we're usually pretty late to adapt because people like i said i feel like people just kind of int in like almost desperation to get to the top i don't know it's like weird sure. yeah yeah I, I can definitely foresee some teams jumping on it just to try and like they beat themselves right you know yeah sure yeah it's 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 uh, like the early i don't know like an early gimmick play trying to gain a master yeah. of it yeah, when definitely. no one else understands it and yeah i mean yeah, if, it's gonna leg up especially yeah. if he's a like solo a... queue agent for me you know like i won't yeah. do it in scared as well like i'll definitely I can absolutely queue, I see this guy pub stomping oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. but you'd have to be yeah. good with it that's the thing like yeah. it, i feel like you have to put the hours in too so I think like worst case scenario for a team like Sentinels that doesn't want to adopt it early is that it is mega powerful and you're constantly then trying to play catch up to it. Sure. Right? Like if it really was, if if it took a long time to master and then you're, you as a player are trying to catch up to those other guys, like, I don't know, Sabrosa puts in a hundred hours into mastering this guy and you're constantly trying to play catch up. That's like worst case scenario, right? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but... Um, yeah. I think that it's going to take some time to actually get to grips with it. So if it does end up being meta later on down the line and say like some team ends up popping off with Yoru in challenges and so other teams are like, oh crap, we should start playing more Yoru. That's, I think that's going to take the other teams a while to like get to grips with him as well. Yeah. I think there could I be like the same, to picking it up. Early. The same could be said about like Viper, you know? Sure. Some teams are like trying to incorporate Viper pretty heavy and even if they have like decent success with it doesn't necessarily mean i want to jump ship to viper you know it's stuff like that mm, right uh yeah. it just kind of works in different capacities maybe uh your yoru, yoru we don't know man uh, don't even ask us <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll work in a capacity that like it, you might upset or like it's not necessarily consistent you know yeah because yeah. like at the end of the day this is definitely it's like the shit that like they'll they'll clip and like they'll do like a highlight thing but like yeah how many plays can you do with the kit 
at the start. You know, it, it's going to be very obvious. The footstep fakes are going to be very obvious. People are just learning the agent. So, yeah, uh, I think incorporating him in your matches and scrims early is a uh, is not the right play. But like trying to figure out his kit in solo key or like a stress free environment, maybe yeah. even a scrim. Like I might try him in a scrim early and just see. Maybe I'll fall in love with him on like ascent, you know, and like we'll, we'll run him on ascent just because I'm in love with the, you know, stuff like that could happen. But just from my thoughts at the start, uh, we have really no reason to change and like try to beat ourselves. I'm not a fan of beating ourselves i i want teams to beat us not us beat ourselves sure yeah and that makes a sense that's a good yeah. mentality i think yeah. a lot of teams yeah. i mean a lot of teams who've done that themselves in the head with a stick repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well i learned from experience i've done that throughout my whole cs career so mm. i like to learn from experience as well so yeah yeah he's an interesting character honestly i i, I think you can definitely tell that when they were building Icebox is a map because I mean this guy was supposed to come out alongside Icebox, right? Yeah, they were supposed to time it all up. That's where all the clues oh, really? come from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. Like Icebox yeah. was well, supposed to be released right now. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I can definitely see them. I don't know. At least some of the design elements of of Icebox as a map, given how large it is, kind of tying into this guy as a character, like uh, the whole concept of being able to TP and 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 break the idea of of specific holds and and the idea of timings, you know. I um, feel like he's going to be butt cheeks on Icebox, though, to be honest. Really? Why? Because I feel like Icebox is a very straight-up map at the moment. At the moment, yeah. Yeah, you, if you're it, playing on attack, you are pushing aside. You're just hard-hitting. Yeah, you're not really trying to bait rotations and play a slow default most of the time, unless you're playing against a mega-aggressive defensive team. Sure. But, yeah, I, I don't really anticipate yeah, and seeing too much play on Icebox, to be honest. That's a good point. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, again... The hell do I know until I watch some matches and actually see him played? It's it's, it's yeah. so impossible to figure yeah. out. It's, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like every it's just you know guessing. Honestly, everybody. I thought I personally thought Sky would be really good, and then Sky mm. got played, and she's not good at all. They're like mm. not as good as I thought she would be. Yeah, and I feel like that's just always going to be the thing. You really have to just wait and see. Yeah, yeah. try it out. See every what time, doing, see what you're doing. Every time we see a new agent. And we talk about it, at least the previous ones. I remember we did it with Killjoy. We did it with Sky. We did it with Reyna. Talked about their kits being overtuned, busted, yeah. going to be picked all the time. I thought. I, I think. Thought, we, yeah. I think we definitely thought Sky was going to be because we strong. saw we saw the heal, we saw the flash, we saw the fucking drone. We were like, she's got all this information gathering. She's got the heal as well for pistol rounds. Like yeah. we. I mean, I I think our general impression was that. Those agents were busted, but it, it's the game is so complicated. There's so many variables in a game of Valorant that you you can't really just judge uh, an agent alone and how it fits into the whole machine of a match. Uh, sometimes it can be just kind of like downplayed by a lot of other factors. Yeah, um, you got to see how it plays out. You know, um, we can we can talk about as well your role, I guess, uh, Dapper, about uh, your role as like a Sentinel player, like playing Cipher in particular as well. Josh, you were the one who wrote these topics in. Yeah, I think I you have to, something in mind. Yeah, I wanted to question. ask some questions just about like um, kind of what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about split on, on offense as well. And just a lot of people, when I see people making clips on Reddit and guides to Sentinels, they're always focused on defense. They're always focused on just locking down a site. And what I think you do spectacularly compared to a lot of other Sentinels players, uh, Sentinel players, not players on your team is fucking yeah. annoying, actually. You yeah. should Sentinel, get your to change the name. Sentinel, Sentinel. <laughs> yeah. is, um, 
is that you have huge value on the attacking rounds. It's like a lot of the times when I think about Dapper and I'm thinking about like how Dapper plays, I'm picturing you on attack rather than defense, honestly, even though you're you're like a sentinel, which in the game it says is designed to lock down areas. So mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to get into your thought process a little bit of how you approach the attacking rounds and if you have any kind of tips for aspiring sentinel players to maximize their value on the attacking rounds. Because the defense, I feel, has just been covered completely yeah. and entirely. Yeah. But what's going through your head when you're trying to like provide value for your team on offense? Well, I usually, I'm kind of a one trick. Uh, I have like aggressive setup. I, I pretty much plan out their rounds based on my team's default. So like usually you spread out the map or like, it always depends what my team's doing, uh, depending on what I like to do, but or choosing what I want to do. I, I have plays that I like to do on every map. I think splits the easiest to just explain because I do the same thing. I've done the same thing for months and I think it still works. It's just really good in my opinion. Uh, I use my cages to get to cut off angles, you know, so the, the attacker or the defenders have to either commit utility to figure out if I'm there or not, or, you know, just give it up or try to fight where I'm actually headed. You know, I force the attack, the defenders to like actually figure out if I'm there or not, you know, just cause misconceptions and that, it's always uh, a two-way street where like I could be there and you know they can try to fight me or I could do that and they send people to fight me or commit utility to fight me but I'm already running to the other site so it's always that game that like cypher players have to like figure out their own identity because like I view it almost as a pussy where like I'll always fake it and then one round I'll do it while yeah. other cyphers have the complete opposite where they'll always fight it and then one round they'll fake it you know, they're a little more aggressive. And it's funny, kind of saying, because I think I'm viewed as an aggressive cypher, but I'm almost like, I fake a lot. So when I do do an aggressive play, it usually works like 10 times better because it's almost catching them off guard. Or they right, just always right. respect it. I'm, I'm always forcing them to uh, commit stuff to me, you know, that they have to mm -hmm. clear it out. And they have to respect it. Yeah. I wanted to uh, ask about your... your when we're talking about, we were talking about FPX actually recently. I don't know whether you're mm -hmm. familiar with them as a team. Uh, they're quite a yeah. slow-paced, methodical team, you know, take slow map control. They recently changed out their Sentinel player as well, and they were talking about some of the Meadow, reasons that they, right? yeah, some of the reasons they yeah. gave for, have you watched much Meadow? I watched, I watched an event. I, I, I watched an event, and I actually just see, I just like look at the minimap and just see where they play strips and see if it's yeah. weird. Uh, I don't watch Meadow that much. I watch Pyth, Pith. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he has weird cameras. I actually take a lot of his cameras. I'll shout him out because I hate when people <laughs> take my stuff and don't give me credit. So uh, I take a couple <laughs> of his cams. Uh, Steel has been pretty creative. I take a couple of his stuff. Uh, King from Vision Strikers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, those three, honestly, I don't really follow others. Some, some, uh, like even people on NA and like tier two teams. The uh, the ciphers get really creative with like just far out their setups i've i've seen teams throw cages on like elevations and have their omen tp in the cage and then you know stuff this weird stuff that like i'll yeah. probably never do but like it's just interesting to see it yeah know? kind of theory crafting and stuff yeah what i was going to ask about fpx is that they recently changed their sentinel and one of the reasons that they had cited was stuff about like pace and tempo that he was playing at and i think it's not something that gets discussed very much when it comes to that that role but when i watch you for example at the beginning of a round you're very fast to take 
space on a map. Like when I think about your default on um, Haven or Bind, you're like really quick to either take a short control with the cam and with the cage, or on Bind, you're very quick to run up sand and immediately cam to see if anyone's holding the like, uh, what do you even call that? Like the close op angle, I suppose, from like inside yeah. hookah kind of thing. Yeah, no, so yeah. what what's your thought process? Is that just because you play on a team that likes to play aggressively at the beginning? Or do you think there's fu something fundamentally better about immediately taking map control in Valorant on attack? I actually, I think it's a combination of both. I don't think anything's as black as white as just one thing. Uh, I think it's probably leaning towards the second though. I think, uh, I was looking for a word. You kind of force the defenders to respond to you you have to be proactive so i i view the game in that way where i like to do stuff and uh kind of make them adjust to our default so like on our default i'll take one part of the map and then maybe my team will take another and i'll force them to react and then we're also trying to be on top so like you kind of guess where they're gonna fight you and like it's like one of those it's a whole big thing i think it's why we're honestly really good for a decent amount of time so we're really good on taking stuff early and then maybe slowing up the tempo. All right, guys, this round we're just going to go slow. So we know they're going to fight us somewhere. So let's just hold, you know? Mm. And I think that's really important, controlling the tempo in that way, where some teams will go really slow. And then if it doesn't work, you know they're just going to go fast. And, you know, you're just, they're playing into you. Where if it's the other way around, where you're going aggressive and then slowing it up, it's way harder to... Uh, adjust as a defender because you're so used to them just all right they're going to take short a and then they're going to take garage and so, so let's fight a and then that round we're just going to be posted up in the back with an op waiting for you to peek you know mm -hmm. so yeah. that's that's my opinion on it uh it definitely changes up uh, there's so much like context needed to like really make a complete decision but that's kind of what goes on in my head sure. when i'm taking that like part of the yeah. thought process yeah yeah do you have any questions why about that like yeah, I mean, I'm. I kind of like talking about this, so I'm open. Like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really interesting. Not a lot of people. Um, I don't know. It's it's an aspect of I think cipher gameplay that people just don't really focus on, right? Because I think they just inherently think about the role as yeah. defensive. People get trapped. Like people in ranked genuinely get trapped in thinking about that. And the one that bothers me the most, man, is Sage. Of them thinking that Battle she's like a, a sentinel yeah. that's designed to stay alive and lock down areas and heal people. Like you're playing a fucking WoW healer. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's bothering listening yeah. to people's opinions of them in ranked, yeah. but it also extends to the sentinels too. Of like part of that's what I find really interesting about Killjoy even more so than Cypher, honestly, is yeah. how do you get value out of it on attack? It's like, what? that's half of the game is playing the attacking half. Like, what are you providing for your team in these yeah. areas? And that I think, I think I actually talked to you a little bit, Dapper, when you were in my chat once about the thought process that you had had with Cypher versus Killjoy, because a bunch of people right before First Strike were playing Killjoy pretty much full time. Like, I want to say mm -hmm. that... Yeah. I want to say that most of the top Pretty, teams... A lot of teams were just going had Killjoy full-time. Killjoy. Yeah, and Cypher kind of yeah. fell out of favor for a short while. But, I, but I you never really dabbled with boy. it too much. Huh? You never really Sorry. dabbled with it too much. Like the Killjoy. No, uh, on... It, it, I Honestly, I might have if my team was different. Uh, we play very fast, and I just... Well, I tried Killjoy. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I just, like, dismissed it right away. I did try Killjoy. I thought of strats on... Uh, like bind for example like out of spawn mollies and i tried to do stuff that like i thought would be creative but at the end of the day 
Uh, I just don't think Killjoy is that impactful on T-side at all compared to what Cypher could do. Like Cypher with the aggressive cams with tripwires and cages that you could do and lockdown areas, I just feel way more comfortable and not as clunky than with Killjoy. Her mollies go slow. If you try to throw an aggressive molly, they just shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that's literally it. That you're not alarm botting and expecting them or turret. Like you could turret and just sit back behind your. T- but you know, it just doesn't really fit what I like to do compared to Cypher. So like, I never found enjoyment out of it. But Killjoy is definitely better on like locking down one site uh, on CT side, like indefinitely uh, better than Cypher. Cypher, I feel like, is more of like a split where like Cypher could lock down two parts decent while. Killjoy holds down to one really well. You know, I think that's where I like kind of differentiate yeah. them. While Cypher is also a little better on the T side. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I never, I never really just liked Killjoy. I actually talked to the devs and said if they change the Molly aspect, where like either the Molly just travels faster and like you could activate it a little quicker and you could still shoot it or just break, or you can't really break it. Uh, I might have like liked her more, but yeah, the way she is now, I'm not really a fan. Mm. Did you guys consider uh, still running Sage past the nerfs? Because it seemed like Sick just dropped it immediately. And then uh, the, the question comes up because obviously in EU, Heretics yeah. won still running Sage. So do you, do you yeah. find that she's still viable? Have you guys considered bringing the Sage back? Yeah, we did on Split. And it's literally just a comfort thing. We don't force anybody to do anything. Uh, I think Hunter honestly just wasn't feeling it. He just thought it, it's not necessarily a conversation of is Sky good, bad, whatever. It's do you like Breach or do you like Sky or do you like Sage? And like out of those three, he just like Sky, Phoenix on Haven and uh, Rays on Bind. You know, he's very flexible uh, yeah, and he just kind of does what he wants. You know, we trust him. He's a very smart person. He plays the game well. So it's like at the end of the day, if we force him on Sage, He's just going to play worse. I, I'm never a fan of forcing certain comps, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we just kind of let him do what he's feeling. Maybe in scrims, he'll be like, I'm really not feeling Sky on Icebox. Let me let me run Sage, you know? Just like something like that. We'd do it, but yeah. Yeah. I think that brings up quite an there. interesting point about Sentinels as well, is that they're, they're still... Am I wrong in saying this, but you're like one of the only tier one teams that doesn't have a coaching structure that is player run. Uh, are there yeah, any other of the top teams that don't have coaches? Does, um, TSM does, 100 Thieves TSM does, does, 100 Thieves does, does Envy does, Cloud9 does, yeah. um, uh, T1. Does. T1 does. T1 does, yes, Rod. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, FaZe does getting one. Oh, well, yeah, FaZe is, yeah, is the next team that hasn't had a coach for the yeah. longest time. Really? Yeah. Hasn't had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We already, I already talked about it a little bit. I, I, I just like our structure, honestly. I think we're really well-run team like we're all we've been in the scene we've been in scenes long enough we know how practice is run constructively we we hold each other accountable we're not toxic we have decent strats like i think that's like the one thing a coach could improve on is just how to adjust strats better than we are but like even that we could still do it it's just up to players that like if they're uncomfortable we just speak up you know it's it's very self-sufficient we we haven't really felt the heavy need for a coach even if you haven't felt a need immediately, do you think that that's something that you would look towards for the future as the game evolves and progresses? And uh, I know um, Sliggy, who's a coach for Liquid, has talked about kind of like the impact that coaches can have on the game at the moment is kind of lacking. 
because um, of the tools available, it's just not really quite there. Sure, compared there's, to no, other there's no coaching slot, there's no, no replays to activate. Exactly, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's kind of limiting in terms of how much impact a coach can have, but that is gonna change at some point. And at that point, I mean, it would make sense, I suppose, for your team to kind of like take on a coach in, in some sort of capacity. Do, do you feel like you'd be able to, I don't know, your team, some teams struggle, I suppose, with moving from that player run aspect to introducing a coach in that kind of capacity. But is that something that you guys would be opposed to? No, no, I've never used the word opposed as a co uh, on like any any sure. support system. I, I'm even down for like a sports psychologist. I'm actually pretty big into it. I'm I'm open to pretty much anything involving like help around the team. Uh, it just comes down to finding the right fit. Like I said, yeah. we're in no need for a rush. So like when they do, probably like I, I could guarantee by the time a land comes around, we'll probably have a coach. And that's I, sure. I, the thing is, I said I could probably guarantee we'll maybe have a coach. It's like you know, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> I, I can I can see us, you know, wanting to evolve at that point. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're definitely not. We're just looking for the right fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the benefits I think of of having a good coach can be pretty astronomical in a lot of ways. I mean, Jay Sinatra, your your teammate, I think is one of the the one example I think of in my head when I think of a player that just had the the biggest glow up from having <laughs> a coach introduced into his life yeah. from like from uh, from his early career in Overwatch from like 2018 onwards. Um Yeah, he spoke it, very highly of the coach uh, on Shock. I forget yeah, his coach name. Krusty. He yeah. spoke very highly of I mean, also, though, that means that any coach you ever get in the future will be worse than the only coach that Sinatra's <laughs> ever had. Yeah. So, so the standard is actually built, set really, yeah. really high. So, yeah. yeah, I think at the beginning of a scene as well, the coaches have to kind of develop with the, mm -hmm. with the teams, too. Like, a lot of the coaches Absolutely. that currently yeah. exist are developing the skill set on the job. It's like taking an apprenticeship, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where you're actually, you are actually learning on the job and you're getting better and better. But, like, teams like... Um, Sentinels and G2 are another pretty decent example, actually, where they're very player run and like the players are making sure. the decisions there and they're trying to integrate a coach, but they haven't found the right fit for the team. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how it develops in the future because I, yeah. I feel like at some point it will be necessary, but it hasn't got to that point yet because I think, I think most people would have you guys as like one of if not the best team of you know 2020 or the very end of the year or something like that and you managed to get there without a coach so clearly not required for the exact current moment in time yeah this uh yeah. this moves us on quite nicely actually talking about i think first strike as an event and the kind of preparation that you guys had obviously it wasn't a tournament you guys wanted um uh, there was a lot of expectations coming into first strike that you guys would be one of the favorites but a bunch of outside circumstances came up i think as well the the actual format of the event itself probably didn't help as well with your case with you guys being one of the more dominant teams and like the kind of uh incentive not to show strategies a lot of the way uh moving through it but is there anything obviously in hindsight now that you guys would approach differently with first strike in terms of your prep for for the event itself uh honestly i think we did all we could during the qualif vacation like yeah. stages we only played the first one and then obviously we didn't have to play the second one so we had all that time to uh practice during like the second qualification before everything happened but uh i'd probably take i don't know the thing is i don't really look back and just be like what could we have changed it was honestly such a horrible circumstance that Absolutely, i kind of yeah. we yeah. moved on you know it, it was just something that like yeah we just instantly moved on from it we never held anything personal obviously shit really does life happens you know yeah, uh -huh. where it's just like 
one of those things. Uh, I probably would have tried harder in the seating matches. Like, the thing was... All right, here we go. The claw debacle. Uh... Honestly, I don't think it mattered at all. But at the end of the day, just from like a reputation or of like just like I guess a respect thing, because I see all this thing on Reddit and I kind of browse Reddit like half, half for fun and half like serious. You know, like I can't really take what these people say. It's just random people saying what like with so much confidence, like random shit. You know, <laughs> it's just like I feel like that's just Reddit in like a nutshell. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like it just became this thing where. We almost put our, ourselves in a position where we're making excuses, and now it just becomes a thing where it's just like every team's making an excuse, we're making an excuse, and it's just like a, I feel like it's a bad look. I don't like cool. it personally. So like I, I would change it just for that one aspect, and not necessarily for the result of first strike. At the end of the day, get to beat everybody to win, and we're not scared of anybody. Like still to this day, like I'll play anybody, and I'll just be like, okay, doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's so, more for so like <laughs> the mental. So what you you were coming into the seeding matches and you guys knew that you'd already qualified and I think you were playing against Gen G the first time wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Gen G was the infamous, the, the infamous 360, 360 claw map. <laughs> and I'm assuming I'm assuming that Sinatra was tweeting that as a meme, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think it was a meme because he he just said White Claw because we went we had like a party not like a party that's not like the right word we just went to like uh shadow's apartment i think i said this before we even started the podcast we like we're playing games and we're just drinking like white claws and like whatever just having fun and uh we we were just having fun that game like honestly me and jay we had this thing where after we're just like dude it's really hard honestly it's really hard for me mentally when a game does not matter like uh, even to this day i really just hope we don't play seating matches we even had a discussion on the team that we just won't play seating matches like we just forfeit rather than play if there is like one where it's just really hard to like mentally get into it when you just know it doesn't matter. Right. It just it's hard. And people can just disagree and say like I'm not I just don't care about the game and like whatever like case it is that like you could say, but as a competitor it's hard. And I think Sinatra had the same where he kind of agreed where it's just like whatever. But obviously Shaz sick, they kind of got like a little mad where like obviously they're trying their hardest. Like Shaz I really feel for it because he's the IGL. So like it's almost like he's playing himself when we're getting smacked yeah. around. Like who the who likes losing at the end of the day? Like that, sure, that was sure. like you know. So I I would have tried harder just for like my team's sake. But also now you've created a legendary meme. <laughs> yes, I, that that is the one thing. So I actually think it's fucking hilarious, and I embrace it full heartedly. Like it is actually funny to me. So yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, after that. You, you were doing 360 styling on phase at the end of the JBL Cup as well. Dude, I did it. I did 360s against Haze in like the first, the bo summer bomb cup in like one of the first yeah. things. That was like my <laughs> first clip. I 360 them when it was like a 12-3 lead or something. I just like disrespect. So what? it's just something that I think is like funny just because it's disrespectful. I right, like, right. if it's not apparent to everybody, I like disrespecting people to get in their head. Right, it just, right. in my sure. opinion, it's a free advantage. Right, it's an advantage without actually having to do anything, without yeah. having to spend money in the game, without the having of, to, you know. Yeah, yeah, the amount of conversations I've had with Jake when when we were living with him oh, about yeah. like uh, Jake is an Overwatch player in the Overwatch League, uh, or he was, okay. um, and he got match chat banned in the Overwatch League. 
he got the global all chat banned in the Overwatch League because of how much he would shit talk people. <laughs> and he holds the exact same attitude where he's yeah. like, it's an in-game advantage, the psychological warfare. <laughs> yeah. of just, yeah. of just yeah. making yeah. people tell. That's my favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a psychological yeah. warfare. So if you win just... the psychological battle, you almost won the game already. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like when people yeah. get mad at shooting bodies or teabagging, I kind of I laugh. It's like, really? You got yeah. mad at that? Yeah, it's that like a video the, game. It's like pixels on your screen. This isn't like real life. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> the teabagging so. is just the wave in Valorant. I don't I know how it. that. Who started? How did pro- that probably become... Sinatra, wasn't it? I don't, someone started that, and now just fucking yeah, everybody teabags in Valorant. Everybody. I, I think it's great though. I don't understand how you can have such a stick up your ass that you think it's genuinely disrespectful. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there are definitely fans it, that it consider it. Kill. Yeah, there, there are fans that think it's actual beef <laughs> to to be yeah. to be <laughs> to be crouching on top of a player. Taking us back to two thousand two. I mean, that yeah. is definitely a more graphic version. <laughs> in that is way more graphic. Yeah. That is. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I just think it's funny. And it's like, it's one of those lose-lose situations as well, where it's like, if you complain that I teabag, or like, you know, anybody in ranks, you know, if you're just like, you're teabagging me, it's like, it's almost like I know it affected you. If you yeah. type about me teabagging you, I know. It's like, I already won. Going to do it even more now. Yeah, it's, like, it's a lose-lose. You're getting teabagged, or you're losing the mental battle by typing. So it's, a, it's funny to me, you know? What is, we actually had a, a little bit of an interesting discussion before the podcast as well about this, so I want to bring it back up, which was, what is your general prep, what does, what does general pro-level Valorant prep look like for Sentinels? If you're going into a match, what kind of stuff are you, like, I think a lot of fans have the idea that with some of these teams that have 17 coaches and 92 analysts, that they're writing down every round and every position that everyone plays and all the abilities that are being used, and, and on the other side of it, some fans think that everyone just goes in and wings it like it's a ranked game. Or there's, there's a scale there, and there's at some point is like what's reasonable for teams to do. What, what is the Sentinels' approach to actually prepping for a big tournament? Like, obviously, first strike prep got fucked up, but if you're approaching Challengers or Masters that's coming up in 2021, what's the level of preparation that you do before you go into a game? uh i'll start it off by just rephrasing that we don't like beating ourselves so our thing is probably towards the lower end of the spectrum but we still do stuff uh we don't necessarily counter strat heavy but shazam i know for a fact and i'll hype him up because i think he does a lot as an igl and is super unappreciated and like that rule where people kind of sleep on like the best igls and shazam's right there tragging and doing it all on like a very competitive team for a long time and he watches obviously the tournaments like you don't know who you're playing in the bracket when you're in group so you have to like adjust he'll like watch like either their game dot tournament or a grand final where it pressures and like we'll see tendencies rather like this guy plays here or if this guy is uh b they like to do an a push when that guy usually doesn't play b so if you spot this camera you know stuff like that right, right. and we're also like a fan of tells. like looking at their pistol rounds it's more of individual tendencies that we look for rather than strategies or like you know not necessarily a very hard counter strats but just look for this you know if if they give us this look you should be ready for this it's right, stuff right. like that yeah where yeah. he'll tell me and zoms like the anchors 
that they like they really like hitting B, uh, Mike. So just be ready. And like maybe I'll just because of that info that he gave me before the game started, I'll set up differently. You know, so sure. stuff like that. Do you find it tougher to play against TSM or Hundred Thieves? Uh, my hardest match was the phase invitational against TSM. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I think that answer might change. Uh, Hundred Thieves are still a new team. I could see them getting better as time progresses but i think uh tsm are pretty on top of just like adjusting and knowing when to throw in random individuals and team play at the same time so it's like they're pretty good at that so that makes it kind of tough when they'll they have the confidence to like walk through a smoke on a random timing you know that's just yeah inherently hard to play against yeah so uh moving forward then or is that do we do we want to talk at all about uh, 2021 now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can talk a little bit about the, like the JBL tournament and oh, you, yeah, your guys' yeah, performance. Yeah, that did happen. In, well, in actually, that. but before we even <laughs> oh, get to that, that though, yeah, yeah, before we JBL even get to that, though, you guys lost to 100 thieves in the tournament itself, and at that point, you guys have been you know been able to play for a little bit. What were your thoughts coming into like what what were your overall thoughts about your performance during first strike? Oh, uh, I think it was fine for the circumstances. I think we we beat Envy very uh, handily, right? In yeah. the group stage, mm -hmm. or am I yeah, just like misinterpreting? Yeah. yeah, we we kind of throttled Envy, uh, and they were, in our opinion, a good team going into it. So like that gave us confidence. Uh, we beat Phase in the quarterfinals again. Like we weren't necessarily uh, in danger of losing. So that just confident wins were good. When we played 100 Thieves. We definitely didn't underestimate them in any like sense, uh, and we still played a very close match. Uh, it was something to be proud of, honestly. Uh, we did not beat ourselves up at all. I think at the end of the day, I was actually happy. I, I was I would have been happy with leaving groups, honestly. If if we lost in groups in first strike, I still would have came here and it's been like I think that was okay, honestly. Right, just because had, of the circumstances. We had we had two scrims before first strike after i think it was like two and a half weeks right right just to put in perspective like mm -hmm. and i like i said with the whole uh seating thing i really don't like making excuses that's just not like who i enjoy to be uh it's not something i like to put out there so like i'm not the person to make excuses but that was like probably the worst circumstance yeah sure yeah of course uh, that's that's then that means that you must have very different expectations though for every other tournament, right? Like, yeah. you're not happy to go out in the group stage of any other tournament because you don't have those crazy circumstances surrounding you guys uh, moving exactly. forward. So coming into JBL, I felt like that was kind of from the outside, it looked like your opportunity to close out the year proving that First Strike was an anomaly, right? Like yeah. that's, that's yeah, what it seemed agree. like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was our, uh, at least my mentality towards it as well. Uh, we definitely tried our hardest, and we walked away with the W. I think things worked out during the bracket that, like, we played teams that, like, are pretty good matchups for us. Like, I, I playing FaZe in the finals have Gen G, I think, was good because we actually lose to Gen G. Like, we actually trade series with them more than anybody. So, like, yeah. if we played Gen G in the final, we honestly might have lost it compared to FaZe. So it's like stuff like that kind of worked out for us. But yeah, that, beating that single uh, fact thieves was good. That single fact is why Wyatt is such a simp for Gen G. He sees them beating Sentinels and he's like, they've got to be good. Please, <laughs> please, Gen G. Just hanging on to hope from that. Yeah, the, one the last polls. few times we played Gen G, they beat Seven us. years ago. So it's like... Yeah. But you it, guys actually weird. managed to we get the... Yeah, go yeah, on. Go? 
Oh, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that like it's it's weird interactions with all the teams where it's like Gen G will never beat TSM, but they'll beat us, and then yeah. we'll never lose to Envy or C9, but TSM will lose to Envy and C9, and it's like stuff like that is like interesting to me. I actually yeah. had this discussion with I think Taylor, the TSM coach, because he was like weird weirded out to you with like I don't know how you guys fucking lose this gen g because we fucking own them and it's like i kind of feel the same way with envy we kind of own them it's like i don't yeah. really know yeah. what's going on yeah it's, it's interesting to see the stylistic clashes between the teams and like how they actually match up uh what what is your thoughts about playing against 100 thieves like the, it seems incredibly even the map pool matches up so that you guys are pretty much consistently on the same kind of maps they have bind and ascent as really strong maps for them. You know, you guys have split. They tend to ban that while you ban one mm -hmm. of the other. And then it ends up coming mm -hmm. down to the same kind of maps repeatedly where Icebox is constantly one of the most important deciding maps. It creates, it's, that is not the narrative for any other clash across the entirety of Valorant. There is no other rivalry where they always play Icebox because other maps are banned. It's so weird and interesting and unique. Uh, what, yeah. What's it like to actually play against them? They are a very confident team. I think it kind of comes down to how Asuna is doing. And I think Asuna is very... I, I think Asuna is by far the most impactful player of, like, the last couple of events. That guy, honestly, just, like... In my opinion, he's not, like... He, he's definitely the hard carry, but, like, the amount of impact... He has huge impact that you could see, but, like, even the impact that, like, you probably don't see and, like, you don't really feel that not playing is, like insurmountable like i i always hyped up sinatra as the best player in the world for the longest time when we were owning just because like of literally kind of what asuna is doing where he does this huge entry fragging thing while having all this impact and being selfless and a huge entry fragger also putting up huge numbers asuna is literally kind of like sinatra pretty almost exactly like sinatra in that sense other than he's just playing duelist only uh so i think yeah i think asuna is honestly really well for them i think steel is having a lot of impact he uh yeah, uh, honestly, they have a really good roster. Hiko, Nitro, uh, Dicey on the op could be really, uh, really have pop off moments. I, th yeah, they're 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 <laughs> honestly they, they they could all just have. It's just like one of those teams that they could all uh, they could all pop off. So it's hard to account for individuals while they also just like have pretty fucking sick gameplay uh, or yeah. team play. Where, like, really... They just have like a Suna just run in, Hiko drone you with this nerd dart that he learned from average Jonas bouncing off 20 roofs. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's, but uh... it, it's, it's fun playing them. I, 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 I've, I've, uh, I've really adopted the philosophy of like, I like playing really strong opponents that like make me to force shit or change shit. You know, it's not really fun for me now to like, play the lower teams that don't really adjust to what you're doing they don't really adjust right, their game right. plan but 100 thieves and tsm are very good at doing that so i always look forward to playing like bo3s bo5s against them yeah it's uh it's interesting i mean they're a very well-rounded team um in terms yeah. of how they're being put together as well i mean I, I think they've still got further they can go as well uh, in terms of their yeah. potential yeah. like you said they're a new team so yeah um yeah oh, yeah actually talking about that do you guys think that you and tsm are going to be a bigger rivalry or you and 100 thieves for 2021 do you guys do you guys think about the game like that of like you versus no. one of the others no I, I wish i could be like oh yeah 100 thieves that that's the that's the person i want and it's like try to like make a fan narrative honestly i don't give a fuck <laughs> if, they, if they make it they make it like if i'm being realistic like if 100 thieves and tsm get knocked out of every group i'll be fine with that too just because like 
I almost know, like, in the back of my head, I'll never say it just because I'm, like, uh, scared that, like, I'll jinx it. But, like, I know, like, way more confident that, like, we'll win, you know, if sure. both those teams are knocked out. They both could be scary on their heyday. It really comes down to, like, TSM could be very, very scary if they uh, are all feeling it. Sam could be said 100 Thieves. I think 100 Thieves are more uh, trying to be oriented or how to try to have, like, way more team play involved instead of individuals, while TSM will kind of just have individual pop-offs, you know, just win them rounds. So, right. I don't know. Are there, uh, are there any other teams coming up that you're worried about at all? Like Cloud9 with their new roster or any of the, the other just teams? Won. Yeah, like do any yeah, of those I teams, uh, are they on your radar at all as potential competitors in like the tier one? Or are they sort of outside of that still? Uh, I mean, this is the game with the way it works out is you really can't underestimate anybody. So like we'll do kind of like... If we're playing, like, we're playing this uh, NSG thing this Wednesday on the 13th. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when this is dropping. Uh, on the 13th of January, we're playing an event. We're playing Space Station. So, like, we're not going to sleep on Space Station just because I personally don't think we might, we we won't lose to them. We're still going to watch their demos and have an understanding of how they like to play, what their map pool is like, and, you know, do our, our uh, due diligence on the teams. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you escape doing that, is when you're gonna consistently get upset. I think, in my opinion, I think that's where some teams kind of falter when they get upset. Uh, we rarely get upset, other than like the known teams like Gen G and stuff like that. Oh yeah, actually, a random one then that I, I just remembered from First Strike. You lost that one Sakura, map, Sakura Storm. Just, yeah, yeah. Sakura yeah. Storm. What, right, look, what look, happened there? This is this is the stuff. That game was not streamed, right? No, it was. It was. Yeah, we it yeah. was. It we was saw streamed? it. We went back and watched okay. the vod. I, all right, so all I was going to say is we have this thing with Ascent where if Arena is fighting us off cat and he's feeling it, we'll lose. It's just one of those things. It, <laughs> it happened to us before, and I yeah. broke it down to that. It's just that this guy was just fighting off cat, randomly swinging. It'll be a, a minute 20, no reason to swing, no utility. He'll just swing, get a kill, dismiss, randomly swing again, kill. And it's like stuff like that will just happen. Where And then like at a certain point, they just gain momentum and they just win. So he like, had ridiculous stats. Yeah. Who was it again? Yeah, it was Silex. Si si yeah, oh, look, Silex. Look at that yeah. stat line. He was yeah. just fighting us, and he was just killing us. Yeah, but like, at the really end of the day, was. I think what happened is, and why we didn't, it's a BO3, so God bless it wasn't a BO1. If it was a BO1, I, I would put way more effort, or like, uh, I'd be way more upset at it. But because of the BO3, I think our mental, we understood, like, hey, guys, it fucking happens. Like, we, we were obviously, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, we lost. Shucks. Like, we were pissed that, like, we lost even a team that we didn't really know. Like, yeah, yeah. so, but, like, we reset. We won the other two. So, like, it's nothing to write home about. Winning, losing one map in a BO3, uh, it's not it's not something I'm beating myself up, up over. It, it was kind of, I tweeted, uh, we beat TSM in the JBL Cup. We, we shit on them. It was, like, 13-1, 13-2 or something. I really don't think those score lines matter because... Sometimes with 13 rounds uh, to win, you just get a heap of momentum and you can just hard carry a game. And it'll yeah. just happen. And that's why I think BO3s are the most vindicative of like performance. Like yeah. if you get knocked out on group stage, just losing BO1s, obviously if it happens consistently, it's going to be a problem. But uh, I give teams like a pass one time where like, yeah, it happens. If the yeah. other team's feeling it at BO1, you'll just lose. Especially yeah. characters like Reyna, where they could just like consistently take stupid fights and not get punished.
Liquid would love you if you given them passes just repeatedly for BO1 losses. <laughs> That's no, all... only one, only one. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, draw, I draw it after one, then then you have a problem. Okay. You can't. Let's right, right. uh let, let's talk a little bit like hone it in on on your teams here because we don't have much time left anyway. Um, mm -hmm. if you got to go pretty soon. So let's talk about your top five North American teams. Uh, at the end of 2020 so at the end of 2020 the way it all like accumulated at the end of the jbl cup and whatnot what would you say your top five teams i mean obviously you're going to say yourselves at number one um but who would be coming after that in your mind well i actually uh i'm not a biggest fan of top obviously i'm gonna do it but i'm just saying like i won't i i'd rather not even rank it like top one i i just put sure. the top three kind of almost all the same i'd actually put top two i think also 100 thieves literally 50 50 I think yeah. it's literally a huge feeling at that day. We'll win. I I go into that thing with no expectations. I'm not. I'm obviously going to be confident because I'm a competitor and I'm going to believe in myself and my team to win. But it's like one of those things where we are so evenly matched. It's re it literally comes out. It's almost like a bo one. It's literally almost like a bo one. Who's going to win Icebox? And that's like kind of how it's it's viewed to me. And then TSM is literally right there. Uh, like I said, we we beat them in JBLs. A bo one. Whenever you play TSM and BO3s or BO5s, it's very close. So they're right there. They have consistent results. They got a finalist in first strike, so definitely mm -hmm. respectable. Envy as well, very respectable team. They play proper. They uh they play together and they play. They have good players. I love them. That was like my old team before Sentinels. I don't know if people knew that, but mm. yeah. And uh, I don't know. The last rank here really is kind of a toss up. I'd put Gen G or Phase, like literally flex. I'd probably put Gen G just because they cause us problems. Maybe teams or people would disagree. Yeah. I put respect on Gen G. Uh, I think they upped their game. We played Gen G, you know, since beta. They were really readable at one point, and now they kind of flex it up. And sometimes they go into like, it's, it's kind of hard with them because sometimes they'll be like super readable almost on the day. And then they'll change it up, you know, randomly. Like they'll throw you like curveballs, so it's like random. Yeah. Kurt's whipping yeah. out his tear maker. There you go. Sheesh. How do you uh, how do you feel about Cloud Nine right now? And and they're removing Shinobi. Do you, do you think that that was a necessary move for them to make, or not the best move? How do you, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of like reading roster moves, just because like you really don't know what's going on in the team, like. You don't know if that guy. Sorry, I should just. Josh, I actually don't personally. I don't know even why. Uh, <laughs> you, you really don't even know uh, what he's doing. Like he he might be trying to like micro really hard, and you think it's just affecting your gameplay negatively. You might just think it's because he's not fragging that well consistently, and you think you just have way more potential with five fraggers and a lighter uh, lighter collar where he doesn't really do that much, but. He just has like a game plan. You're like, maybe you want your coach to call because your coach could call and just have five frag. There's so much intricacies that like teams uh, go into when they mm -hmm. make roster moves like that. That, uh, yeah. But I'm not really surprised. I think they probably need uh, some kind of change up. I feel like the results were so mixed. And with having tens on their roster, they probably should have better results. That guy is honestly yeah. just really talented. So, like, if I was him, I'd probably be like kind of pissed that like I'm just getting knocked out of like, you know, you don't even qualify for first strike. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that is probably tilting. But yeah, uh, they'd probably be competitive. They they have no slouches. I play with Mitch. I play with Skyler for a long time. Uh, they're all really good. You know, players. They're smart. They'll they'll find their way back. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, kind of like a a baity question I think asking you to rate the top five when you've already said that you feel like. 
I mean, it's it's just obvious that there are stylistic differences, like in terms of what teams you struggle with, where the strengths of teams lies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, anything for the clicks at the end of the day, you know, go for the, <laughs> go for the top five rankings. Uh, like, uh, I should be more spicy with them. You know, fuck <laughs> teams, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final topic we've got before we send you away is talking about the regional differences and like NA versus EU versus whatever region. I don't know how much of the other regions you actually watch and, and how much of an opinion you have on this as well, but where do you think the strength of North America stacks up against the rest of the world right now when it comes to Valorant? Uh, I mean, it's very... Uh, I, I feel like I'm the kind of guy that I almost need to play like a LAN against them to really yeah. figure out where the styles lie. But from my hypothesis... Uh-huh. Is that EU? He's a scientist. Oh, okay, okay. Get out the conical <laughs> flasks. Uh, I think I think NA obviously mechanical skills. I think mechanical skills everywhere. Uh, I think Korea might actually be more mechanical than uh, NA from what I've seen. But really, I think NA. Okay. Yeah, I've been really impressed. Uh, RB. I don't know. Maybe it's just him. Maybe like I. Just Yo, he's cracked. Yeah, he is really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I watch RB and I just like I could jack off those clips but, <laughs> yeah. uh, i think na are really good at adjusting uh to like what's going wrong but like at the end of the day that's gonna sound like i'm sure like liquid like sliggy's watching this is like what the fuck we adjust so well it's like you know like angel <laughs> watching this like you know so it's really hard you know in that way but uh yeah i think i think that's probably what we have going for us i think 100 sure. views might like crack through and just like make it really teamwork centric i think they're doing really creative stuff in that camp that we're not really you know we kind of think that's like really uh virgin and boomer shit so we just kind of roll away from that and just like <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i mean that yeah that's that's uh, what i think yeah. about tactics <laughs> yeah. all right uh <laughs> have you that's watched most brazil like in terms of a uh, region no i actually i want to what is it game landers i actually yeah. want to watch their games uh i haven't yeah, been i think they have weird time zone for me like i watch what i can like i watch vision strikers first strike or not vision i just watch korean first strike i watch dark horse some yeah, other team yeah i've I watched i watch a couple of their games just to see like who's the guy that raise double satchel shotgun only like i watched that guy oh yeah and, like, bunny i actually is bunny. it bunny? bunny yeah it's bunny yeah bunny. Does that, that guy goes yeah. that guy has some of the most insane move. i actually put i tried to put jay on it like yo jay you should try this double satchel i saw from this guy you know like you know I, I like doing that stuff where it's like i don't necessarily take their strats but like i see what this one guy is doing and i can incorporate it into what we already are doing yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah make it sure. a little better you know stuff like that but yeah i think europe it, the thing is, I could always compare it to CS, where Europe has always been stronger as a region than CS. But then you have to go into all the inc uh, intricacies of like the region difference, where like EU has like literally ten times the player bases NA. When in Valorant, I think that's definitely like not the case. Sure. Uh, so it's like stuff like that. I think the European culture of like teamwork. I think I mentioned it during the ranking thing, where I think they kind of value teamwork a little more mm -hmm. uh, than NA and like comms and stuff like that. Even though NA all speak the same language and Europe is split in between all the different countries and stuff, they still have a more teamwork-centric uh, attitude towards the game. So I think that will separate us uh, a decent amount. But hopefully, you know, I, I am one of the firm believers that I think NA Valorant could be a, at least a very heavy competitor. I won't go as far to say, like, we're going to be the best by any means. Uh, I, have to I have to see how we stack up. I just have oh. to see a LAN, you know, but I have a lot of faith in our region to do well internationally. 
Mm. Uh, I think we're making the right decisions. I know people will think we're very individual and all that stuff, but it's like one of those things where uh, a lot of adjustments are being made that you don't see. So what seems very individual, there's actually a lot of communication and decisiveness in it. So while it might fall apart and look really bad when it does work, it's almost like suffocating to play against, where it leaves you like no outs to teams that are very teamwork centric. So teams could it's like almost like that floyd mayweather quote or is that him where he's like you kind of have a plan until you get punched in the face where it's like they could come in with like all this teamwork stuff and then they kind of play against the really individual stuff that they think is weaker and you lose to it and it's like uh-huh. well maybe it's not as bad as you think you know yeah so that's kind of my opinion on it that's a fair yeah. take on it i mean do you guys have any final questions before we wrap I, this i just wanted to ask you one question the um the the first dates for challenges has been released and 2021 yeah. marks the beginning of an actual proper tour like they've announced a circuit an official circuit for mm-hmm. valorant that riot are doing what when you look forward to the rest of 2021 what are your general goals like have you set aspirations for yourselves in terms of something long term like where do you envision yourself at the end of the year or throughout the year what would you what are you what are you going for here uh i mean it's very it comes very easy just to say we want to make the uh i think it's masters you know the the land event in december uh but that's like the final goal you know is to make it or i guess the final goal is to win it but like you have to split up you have one big goal obviously it's very obvious to be like let's win the land but then you also have to separate into all these little goals and we're like the kind of team to do that and then we'll just focus right now on the challengers so we're just going to focus on the first challengers take everything step by step but the ultimate goal is to win the actual event but at the end of the day you can't look too far forward you just have to focus on your day by days making sure every day your practice is being as well run as it could be every event you're taking to the utmost seriousness doing your due diligence on your teams mm-hmm. uh and yeah all that stuff all that good stuff breaking it down uh we try not to get too ahead of ourselves we just kind of do our thing yeah nice. nice yeah all right well thanks for joining us dapper i mean it's no problem, uh, man. I appreciate the time it's very insightful i think uh, getting your kind of like viewpoints on a whole bunch of different stuff because normally it's literally just for kind of uninformed morons you know just kind of <laughs> trying to talking shit on this channel so i uh, definitely appreciate your yeah, time i mean yeah. this is a lot of fun uh i i have a hard on for talking about stuff like this i i find a lot of enjoyment i actually i i like talking to uh other pros about it from different regions like i'd actually be really interested in talking about like how meta differences in europe and korea yeah. and like how everything kind of stacks up in conversation with other players that definitely know like yeah, what's going yeah. on instead of just yeah so like stuff like that is very interesting to me it's obviously i'm open to learn but yeah no that's a lot of fun thanks for yeah, having yeah. me yeah uh yeah i mean it's just been a, a wonderful little episode i think we can have some future guests on as well if you guys watching us uh, make sure you leave a comment to see who you want to be featured in the next piece that we do i don't really know what we're going to call this we haven't figured out a name yet but we're going to figure <laughs> out a name at some point um radiant but- chat maybe <laughs> yeah maybe maybe make sure you like and subscribe as well if you enjoyed the content and we'll see you again next week for the next episode of plot chat Bar. see you then